The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Claude Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Clive and I'm joined by the returning Ricky. Good to have you back, Ricky. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. <laughs> uh, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> Doing all right over over the incident last week. Everything's A-OK and glad to be back with you. Good stuff. I've got some breaking news for you. When you go. Uh, Otis Dozovic has put in for a new gimmick change. So instead of doing all the heavy machinery stuff, uh, he's going to break away. Well, he won't even break away from Tucker Knight. He's going to run for president of the United States. Uh, So he's going to clean up his act. He won't be wearing the singlets anymore. He'll come down in suits. Um, Kind of a wee bit like Drew Gulak's campaign gimmick and as part of the storyline on NXT he does become the president so he will now be known as Potus Dozovic we're just going to get the shit jokes out of the way at the start like normally we should leave the jokes at end because we're going to lose listeners after that joke see I've got quite a few tonight so that's why I'm getting one in just now yeah that's fine so I've got something serious to tell you I I was actually going to text you earlier on but I, I thought I'd just save it and tell you on the pod the police pulled me over earlier on the day what? Um, yes police pulled me over when I was coming home um, driving home so and I, what happened was so I pulled into like the BP garage to get petrol for the car and I said I was too busy like kind of looking at my phone and just looking about and what happened was I ended up putting too much in a tank and sort of some of it spilled out onto my arm and my hand. So I was like, that's no big deal. It's quite a wipe it off. I'll get a shovel, etc. when I go home. I go in, pay for it, come back out into the car, driving along the road, and I thought, I'll have a quick smoke before I go in the house. So put a fag in my mouth, get lighter out, and I totally completely, I said, completely forgot that I had petrol in my arm. So light the fag up, and then I put the window down. All of a sudden, the police sirens are starting to go off behind me so at first I never realised it was for me so then I, I pull into the hard shoulder put the window down and the police are blah 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 like, what's going on like, why are you pulling over what, like so the policeman says he's pulling me over and he's going to have to like kind of take my details and etc and he come down to the police station and stuff so I'm kind of I'm thinking to myself like, why what is going on I'm starting to panic at him so I asked the, I asked the like, police officer like, what have I done and he goes you have a firearm on you. <laughs> uh, the delivery of that was impeccable. Well done. It was terrible. What? A, no, I loved that joke. It's good. Great joke. 
Well, we'll just make anyway. this a, a stand-up show for this evening. We'll try and, uh, we should. We'll try we should. And take Dolph Ziggler's mantle. <laughs> so, we had Super Showdown in Australia this Saturday. Quite the success in terms of sort of global reach and stuff like that. So, before we actually talk about the show itself, one thing that's become apparent is with the greatest Royal Rumble in July. Was that July? Um... I think so, something like that. Roundabouts that time, summertime anyway. Uh, Super showdown in Australia here, and you've got the Crown Jewel coming up on November the 2nd, a return to Saudi Arabia. It would appear that these quote-unquote glorified house shows aren't really glorified house shows anymore. Would you agree with that? Do you think they're going to be a regular feature from here on in? Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they sign like a 10-year deal or something with Saudi Arabia? Oh, I forgot or am about I, that. Mm-hmm. Is that true, or have I just made that up? It's probably true. Um, yeah, for me, they're still kind of glorified house shows because is it? And this isn't one of the reasons, but outside of what happened with the two hundred five title uh, at the weekend there, you don't. And I don't mean any disrespect. Like I'm not trying to be a dick or anything, but. Very rarely do you see big title changes happen outside of the US. Um, I know AJ Styles won the, the WWE title back uh, last year, but I think that was maybe more so because a lot of people weren't enamoured with the Brock Lesnar gender match, and I think that was like a week or two before Survivor Series, so they might have delayed it or they couldn't have delayed it any longer. Um that's why, for me, they still they still like house shows because when you're getting Undertaker and Triple H, quote-unquote, one last time or last time ever, or you're getting these that 50-man Battle Royal and now you're going to get Brothers of Destruction versus DX, you're not going to get that on a quote-unquote normal paper. Very, you really probably won't get that kind of matches on a normal pay-per-view. I know sort of WrestleMania kind of has that one maybe two kind of like gimmicky old school wrestlers come back or there's a celebrity involved. But I think they are going to happen now every single year. How how many a year, I don't know. I think guaranteed at least one for Saudi Arabia a year. Um, I don't know. For me, until I see otherwise, I don't think it will be anything more than a glorified house show. Um, until you... Like... It, they make too much... We make, too, we make it out to be too big of a deal to yeah. be seen as just a normal pay-per-view, if that makes sense. Well, my side of that is they make too big of a deal. They take up a lot of TV time. So the canon, as it were, plugging these shows, running storylines towards these shows. So how shows, you get them two or three a week, as far as I'm aware. They're not canon. They don't really have much of an impact on the main storylines that are going on on WWE, but these ones, I mean, look at the many promos leading up to the Triple H Undertaker match. You had Cruiserweight title matches where the title changed hands. Big shout out to my man Buddy Murphy. I jumped for joy at that moment, I have to say. Uh, you had a number one contender match with Daniel Bryan in The Miz. It just seems like they, took, they did too many pay-per-views last year where they were having them like every two, two, three weeks sometimes and it was back to doing the the dual-branded shows, but with so much of the TV being 
geared towards this, these super shows or super showdowns or whatever you want to call them. Something tells me we're going to see quite a few more of these in 2019. Yeah, I don't mind that, but I think for me it's 2018 and we shouldn't be seeing Triple H versus Undertaker closing a quote-unquote pay-per-view or anything like that. And potentially we could get DX versus Brothers of Destruction closing the Saudi Arabia show. Um, that shouldn't happen to me. And and when things like that happen, it's it, that's where I still don't believe it's like a proper proper pay per view. Um, like DX versus Brothers of Destruction for me shouldn't go on last in Saudi Arabia. And I don't know if it's going to. I know a lot of people are going to talk about Shawn Michaels coming to retirement, etc. But I mean, I don't know how many... Like, I know a lot of people probably will want to come out of retirement. I'm not one of them. I'm not clamoring to see that that match or see him come out of retirement anyway. Um, so, yeah, I think, like I say, is, there's too many... We need to bring back these kind of legends for these shows feel to for me to take it too serious as a pay-per-view at the moment. But you get these legends coming back for the Big Four regularly. WrestleMania, you do. Um, SummerSlam, I don't think too not, often. Not so much Survivor Series. The Royal Rumble, you you get. I granted, I think that's happened from probably for like the last ten, fifteen years or so, where you get a legend appearing in the Royal Rumble. Ah, well, that's, but not, that's but but not a significant spot. Um, Undertaker closing WrestleMania with Roman Reigns was that was um, an exception mm-hmm. that needed to be made. Um, so in terms of like Survivor Series, like Triple H, but like I say, is I feel that we need to get away from bringing a lot of these older guys back for me to like I say to take it serious for me to really. I wouldn't say like. I was kind of invested in some of the matches, but not all of them. Like, mm. I, it really didn't bother me seeing the Undertaker Triple H match. Um, but I could do without bringing back all these older guys. I just think this year and last year especially, there's been a lot of focus on the part-timers. And I think them taking up space on these glorified house shows, which was, by the way, just under an hour from entrance to walk-ups for this Super Showdown, which irked me quite a bit, um, especially when some of the matches felt rushed. I don't know what the plan was with Daniel Bryan versus The Miz, if that was always going to be a two-minute um, small package number. Um, but if it wasn't and they had to cut time, cut short that match so they had enough time for the hour-long spectacle of Triple H and Undertaker, then that's that's the kind of thing that bothers me, that these old, old dinosaurs have taken up valuable time that the current roster who are there every week, who do all the house shows, uh, time's been taken away from them. That's what bothers me. And, you, and I saw... Sorry, on you go. And then, I'm not sure how controversial this opinion will be, but you've got Rey Mysterio coming back next week, and I've not got much time for it, if I'm being honest with you. Two things then. I saw reports saying Daniel Bryan was always booked to be that because I think I also saw the report saying Triple H was in charge of the show and he's the one who booked that 35 odd match or whatever with the Undertaker 
Um, he booked it to go that long. How much truth is in that, I don't know. And at first, when that Daniel Bryan match finished, I thought they botched the finish. Um, uh, yeah, it was quite... Partly because, partly because it came out of nowhere, and then the first pinfall, it was one, and then they kind of seemed to set themselves, and then it was two or three. Mm-hmm. So... That's my initial reaction at first. And in terms of Rey Mysterio coming back, well, Rey, I believe, will probably doing house shows, etc. And I don't hate that part-time guys come back. I hate part-time guys coming back who can't go. And from what we've seen of Rey, he can still produce quality in-ring work. Um, guys like as much as I love The Undertaker. And as much as I felt, you know, some of his recent kind of matches, like the Rusev one was fine and the the Cena one wasn't really a match, but he actually looked a lot better than like, health-wise and moving around. He looked a lot better than he had done. But my issue is part-time guys coming back and not being able to produce good enough matches. Mm-hmm. That's when it becomes an issue for me. I don't mind if Rey Mysterio came back, if he came back as a part-time, but as long as when he was in the ring, he was producing really good matches, that wouldn't bother mm-hmm. me at all. And that's kind of one of the things that that stopped me with being a fan of Brock's was that a lot of his matches were repetitive and boring and they just didn't it didn't seem like there was much effort going into them. See, the thing with Rey Mysterio was it was a very nice surprise to see him at the Royal Rumble and as has been said, it was like looking at Monday Nitro Rey Mysterio with how leaned out he was um, zipping around oh. the ring. But not long after that, he picked up a, a torn bicep injury and was out of action for months because of that. So are we going to have to deal with, OK, let's insert him into the full-time schedule, but here comes another injury-prone wrestler, because he is injury-prone. I mean, if he's injury-prone, so be it. Like, we just won't see him. But for me, it's... Does he stay on SmackDown, or is there a possibility he goes to 205? I think we'll probably stay on SmackDown, but... Yeah, the... I think with Fox TV, there's going to be a lot of um, focus on SmackDown over the next wee while. Like, the thing with the Rey Mysterio one, I wish they didn't announce it. I wish they just come next week. It is next week, isn't it? It is next week. That he just appeared. Like, and that's I understand that they're saying, well, if we announce it beforehand, we'll boost ratings, etc. But you know, when when you get on, when you get such an unexpected surprise, return or debut, like you can't. It's not the the pop and etc. And the reception isn't as organic and as authentic as it would be if it wasn't announced. Um, mm-hmm. Last, I'm trying to think off the top of head. They're probably just trying to get ahead of the spoilers, um, the rumour mill. I, I get that, but sometimes like, sometimes nothing comes out. Like, I'm trying to think the last time there's someone returned. The Hardys? That, the, that's it. Like, not us. I didn't know. Like, I think there was a lot of speculation leading up to it, but then because they had a show earlier on that day, I think people kind of just forgot about it or they kind of says right, well, they won't come back and the other one would be Shane when Shane returned uh-huh. the, the Hardys on that day I can't remember the name of this but it's a, an event a sort of social barbecue thing that takes place before sporting events what's it called? 
Um, tailgate. A tailgate, aye. I'm showing my non-Americanness there. Uh, they were at a tailgate that day or the day before, showing no signs of heading to WWE, and then they appeared. So it can be done. It can, and that's what I'm I like. I miss. That's why sometimes I wish they wouldn't announce stuff. Like I say, I understand why they did, but you just miss out on that authentic reaction from people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm, I, I, don't get me wrong. I think Ray's great, and it, it, it's a nice kind of fresh matchup because we might get someone like we could get Daniel Bryan, Ray, or Ray Mysterio, and Miz, Samoa Joe, etc., etc. So. Like I said, I don't, like I said, for me, the main thing is I don't mind older guys coming back, whether it's a part-time or full-time, as long as they can still go. Mm-hmm. Well, it's safe to say I don't think Undertaker can still go. That was a plodding match there on Saturday. But if there is any positives in his game, I was reminded on Saturday that he can swing a steel chair like nobody else can. Did you see those chair shots on the Triple H's back? Did you hear I think, them? I think, uh, and I think the reason why it was changed or it was a no DQ was to kind of cover up any, oh, you know, any any rust or like sloppiness, etc. Because at the end of the day, you don't associate hardcore matches being very technical. It's just a case of just just sheer brutality at times. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, like, you know the Undertaker's my alongside Bret Hart my all time favourite and I've always said like I would I would never say no to a Taker coming back or whenever it returns but I kind I really wish now we do see the end of him um, <laughs> not in this not in that sense just if he stops wrestling like it's just it's getting more and more difficult to watch and it's just and and what we're now going to go through at Saudi Arabia by seeing Shawn Michaels return, it's you know it's just it's not my cup of tea. No. Um, and I know a lot of people are saying that oh, I've saw rumours that Shawn Michaels may be coming back at WrestleMania and seeing people saying, "Oh, who would you like him to see?" It's like nobody, nobody, just stay retired. Like you know, there's no need for it. And another thing is that when people say, um. Oh well, when Saudi when the Saudis roll out all that money and Vince McMahon's going to take it and he's bringing Shawn Michaels out of retirement, you know, fucking Shawn Michaels is his own man. He could turn around and say, "No, I don't want to come back," but he's coming back because he wants to come back for that payday. Mm-hmm. So you don't really blame him for that. Um, I just, like I said, I just don't. I really don't need to see it. No, I really, really don't. Not got much time for it. I'm more interested in the the younger guys and what they're doing. And don't get me wrong, and I suppose this is where I'm kind of like I'll be I'll be seen like I'm almost a hypocrite, but I will watch the match, you know, because um, at the end of the day, as the Undertaker, um, I know that kind of contradicts a little bit what I was saying, but you know, <laughs> I don't. Before, I, I suppose I watch it, but I don't need to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, like it says, there's already a couple of matches on that card that you know it's going to be really, really excellent. Uh, Joe. Sorry, not Joe, Daniel Bryan and AJ, and then you've got the Braun Roman Brock matchup as well. So, yeah, uh, there'll, be, there'll be more than enough good matches on that to kind of make up for that tag match. Do you know, it wasn't even the 
main event of Super Showdown that annoyed me the most. Okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. A returning segment to the, the podcast. The goal, the absolute goal of John Cena on Saturday night. This guy, right? What about him? Right, so Bobby Lashley, Leo Rush and Kevin Owens. Elias had been running this segments, multiple segments and matches and variations of matches over the last few weeks. And see, to be fair, it was a pretty entertaining segment that was going on throughout the last few weeks. And it was all about Cena, uh, leading up to a match in Australia where Cena would team with Lashley. All three other guys were an absolute afterthought in this match with Cena, which lasted, what, less than 10 minutes? Cena comes in and does his, not five, but six moves of doom, and then wins it, and then he just cuts one of his, thank you very much, I'm so humble. You're not humble, pal, not far from it. Uh, Promos. So all the work that these guys put in over weeks of TV, carrying the feud, didn't mean anything come Saturday night. That was just for Cena to showcase his his new body and his new haircut and his new six move of them and we'll not see him again till the World Cup at Saudi Arabia so here's the thing right I'm going to channel my inner rants and apologies rants that's not a dig or anything like that <laughs> now Cena is currently filming a movie and apparently it was agreed that he would take part of the match as long as he wasn't put in harm's way, hence why he only took that one sort of being pushed off the apron, comes in, hits a couple of moves and he gets the win. That's why he didn't take any bumps and that's why he wasn't in the match at all. So, and I can understand why from a, like, a PR sort of like point of view and like it's not very often that they have these kind of shows or it's not very often they're down in Australia that we may as well bring out the biggest star we've got. And I can get that from that point of view, so it made sense. Um, that that finisher he hit... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> my four-year-old son could come up with a better finisher than that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just terrible. That was god-awful. Um, and anyone that has to put be on the receiving end of that and ultimately get the one, two, three against him, like hats off to you. It, it was it was terrible to see the promo at the end. At one point I thought he was about to retire. I wouldn't have minded that to be honest. Oh neither would I to be honest. Um so yeah it was just it was weird but I can understand why they pulled it why he was brought onto that show because at the end of the day it's John Cena, he's a massive star. A lot of people wouldn't have seen him and a lot of people might have bought tickets just for that sole reason. We'll see if that's the case and they bought tickets for that sole reason. Would you feel cheated out of your money if your your bae came in for a hot tag and a promo? It kind of depends, right? Because some people will be like, I'm just glad I got to see him, you know? Um, I'm not, like, a massive... And... and and like I says, a lot of kids will be happy to have seen him there as well. So, like I says, I can understand where you're coming from, but at the end of the day, a lot of people love him that much that they'll just be happy that they got to see him. And then, I know you mentioned the, the World Cup thing at Saudi Arabia. So there's eight people 
Do you know about this World Cup? You want to tell us, tell me about that? Because I'm, is it a round robin style format? I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be a, like just a fucking free for all or a battle royal or what it is. Um, but the main issue I see is someone's got to tell fucking Vince McMahon that you know there's other countries out there outside of fucking the USA. Aye, that's true. Like, I understand that we're still going to get other qualifying matches. We've got, is it not, Ray and Naka next week? Yes, that's right. So Naka could technically win it, but let's be honest, Ray's not going to lose that match, so Ray wins it, so that'll be the fifth American in the match. Mm-hmm. Um, Who's in it so far? Baron, you know, Kurt? No, Cena, Kurt. So what Cena, did, Kurt, uh, what no, did, Randy Orton won that match. What did Cena do to qualify? Uh, he was, his name is John Cena. He didn't need to qualify because of based on his achievements. Come on, man. Like, gosh, it's fucking ridiculous. Um, Orton, and who who else was in the qualifying match last night? Jeff Hardy. And that was surprising that Jeff Hardy beat Samoa Joe. Unless Joe's hurt. don't know. But, because he sold a leg injury, but obviously he have been selling that from the match with AJ. But, a, a WWE World Cup match and potentially five of the participants are American. I haven't... Got... And, I mean, let's be honest about it, that's the only fucking World Cup the Americans are ever going to win. I haven't got too many issues with it. I think it's a novel idea in terms of WWE anyway, where you've got this... No, I just, I, just, I just find it like kind of ridiculous that five of the entrants are going to be American. I know. I couldn't care less because it's a nothing match and you get your... how Braun Strowman got his shitty green belt thing and it's going to be the same thing here but it's just it's crazy that there's already five Americans in it right okay fair enough but uh, <laughs> I think it's a World Cup would be interesting to have I it's just strange you went crackling there sorry what did you say it's just, it's just strange Sorry to hear that. But anyway, the World Cup format, do you like the format? See if it was something like the G1 or like an actual round robin. Oh yeah, I'd like that. Um, oh, that, would be a, that would go on for a long time, I imagine, if it, was like, if it was a round robin. Well, didn't TNA do something like that where the, there was a storyline going on between Matt Hardy and EC3? And the belt had Matt Hardy won, but the belt had to be vacated, and then they did a World Cup to crown the new champion of TNA. Yeah, idea. Does that not ring a bell? I mean, TNA done so many fucking strange things. Any other positives from the show for you? Super showdown. Um, I mean, so in terms of the World Cup thing, we're still waiting to see how it's going to be formatted, so at this point it could be anything. Um, Super Showdown. Um, Becky and Charlotte, I enjoyed both the matches. I liked that. Both at the the weekend and last night's. Um, Made sense to do the two kind of dodge the first one, Becky obviously walks out and then the second one's a double count now because I always felt it was going to conclude one way or another evolution. Mm-hmm. So I'm fine with that. Um, Miz and Daniel Bryan, let's say, it was strange. I actually thought the Miz was going to win, but based on what Miz said last night in his promo, he says, does it matter who wins the title? I got next. 
which obviously implies that he'll take on whoever wins that match. Uh-huh. Um, and I think Miz wins that title by the end of the year. And then we get f- to look forward to a month of glorious promos from the Miz just telling Daniel Bryan how he's worthless and how he's got the title and he won't ever get it off him, etc. Um, Do you know, I can see something, a scenario where the Miz helps Daniel Bryan beat AJ Styles so that when the Miz can take the title off of Bryan. I hope not because I want Miz to hold it and then just have those have those promos where he just lays into Bryan. Um the other thing, um, Elias playing ACDC on the guitar. Yes, that was quite cool. Um, let's hope Kevin Owens isn't seriously hurt. Um, rumours going around saying he needs knee surgery. Mm. Um, but that 205 match was terrific. I think... I mean, like, let's look at this. I think the best thing to come out of that match, right, was a lot of people, a lot of people who tuned in to watch it probably have never watched a 205 match That's ever. Very or very, very little. Mm-hmm. And that match right there would have hooked people into it and they would now be like, I'm going to continue watching that. I'm hoping And that, so. for me, is the biggest thing to come out of that entire pay-per-view. I think that was a great, great night for 205 Live because... From a personal standpoint, I've not been that enamoured with Cedric Alexander as the champion. Buddy Murphy's been quite the sensation since he came over to 205 Live. I think, although I think there are other wrestlers on the show, on the roster, that deserve it more than him, just because of merit and time put into the show and stuff like that. But I still think it was a wise choice. Obviously, you've got the home, never mind the hometown, the home country, all behind him. So it was just a good move to put the belt on an Australian. But at the same time, as you said, you've got a bigger audience there who's watching a cruiserweight title match, which, again, from a biased point of view, I've seen better matches on the, the 205 show itself, but it was still probably the most exciting match of the night. Maybe the Shield triple, the six-man tag was quite good as well, but in terms of just quick, fast-paced action, you couldn't top what happened in the, the cruiserweight title match, so it could be a turning point. Um Rance nearly spilled the beans earlier. He said, have you read the 205 Live spoilers? And I said, no. The way I didn't read too much into it, but it got me panicking that maybe Cedric Alexander won the title back already. But the way Rance was sort of hinting at it, it says something's happened in 205 Live this week. Um, So things are looking good. I'm not sure, not got a clue what it is. Do you know the spoilers at all? Um... I think I know what he's talking about. Right, well, say no more then. Because I'm looking forward to seeing what it is. I just hope it isn't that Cedric wins again, straight away. Please no. Um, okay. One other thing I quite enjoyed. Uh, was, I, let me preface this by saying I've got no time for the Bellas. I don't care if Nicky's improved. This is one of those part-timer things where the part-timers are coming back out and sort of capitalising on the popularity of these big events. Uh, But the story that's been told now between Ronda and the Bellas is quite interesting and it was quite obvious to see on Saturday night, not even just Monday night, where the Bellas screwed Ronda over. But with Ronda and Nicky sort of having a, a minor scuffle about who's going to start the match, 
Um, Ronda wasn't being tagged in at all throughout the start of the match, throughout a good portion of the match, sorry, until Nikki and Brie were in danger. So Nikki said, right, I'll need to call Ronda in now. So I liked that. And then it was quite clear that the Bellas were thinking, nah, this is, a, this is still our ring, you can just wait your turn. So that's obviously the story that's been told now with what's happened in Raw. But So while I'm not enamoured with the Bellas being involved at all, it's a decent enough story that I can, I can get behind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all I'm going to say, yeah. Uh, what else? The six-man tag. The shield oh, right, no, what, sorry, what I will say is, please do not make Ronda go fucking life and death with Nikki Bella Evolution. That just cannot fucking happen. That is not believable. That's true. But they've made they've made Ronda sort of slug it out, struggle in her matches, believable by things that have happened to her in matches. So with Alexa, she had a pre, um, she already had a rib injury. That's all well and good, but you can't keep doing that because then you, everyone notices that and says, "Well, that's the only way." And it comes to a point where where when you keep doing it the same thing over and over again, people are just going to be bored of it and fed up of it. Aye, but see if you There's go... nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with having your champion squash a challenger every now and then. Hold on. Brock Lesnar. Uh-huh. See if we went down the other route and Ronda Rousey was just a squash machine, that would get boring very, very quickly. That's why I said every now and then. So we've had that with Brock for the last two years. Let's do something. I'm different. not talking about Brock. I'm talking about Ronda, and I understand that that's the way they've done it with Alexa Bliss when she won the title. And that's fine. And then the tongue match, Alexa got more than more than enough offense in. And I'm not saying that you need to do it all the time, but see if you've done it like once a year or once every five, six, seven, eight months or whatever. Like you have to. Like there comes a point where everyone knows and realises and you just have to emphasise it that it's Ronda fucking Rousey and she could literally destroy 90% of the 99% of the females out there in the world mm-hmm. that it's not I'm, not I'm not I'm not advocating for her to go on a two year run where she literally just squashes opponent after opponent and that does nothing but what I'm saying though is if you if you just sprinkle one or two of those in that's fine for me because it's it's believable because of who she is Well, it's working for me, what's going on just now. That's fine, but I just don't believe Nikki Bella as a, as a, as a credible threat No, I to, don't, Ro- to Ronda Rousey. I don't think she is a credible threat, but they'll do something which makes her a credible threat, even if it's cheating in some form or manner. We'll see. We will see. Uh, what else was there on the night? The Shield versus the, do- the Dogs of War. Did you enjoy this match? It was good. Um, I mean, all along it's just been from the Drew and his sidekick's point of view, it's just, you know, they're trying to. They're, I think, you know, they're emphasizing to Dolph that you're kind of a weak link and you better not screw it up for us. And then the Shield, it's just. My God. It's just, 
it's painful to watch See? because we're seeing it in front of our eyes and Dean's events are going to turn and it's just it's, it's great storytelling but it's it's unbelievably tragic to watch because you're just, from a kayfabe point of view you're just like no no I don't want it to happen sort of thing this was what I was wanting to talk about actually and a couple of the examples of what I was going to bring up are involved in this match so Dean Ambrose was effectively saved by Roman Reigns Braun was about to steamroller him basically in the outside of the ring and Roman speared Braun through the barricade it just like the timing on that was beautiful I have to say that was really good timing um, so the story that they're telling here is that Dean is the weak link within the shield and Dean is starting to believe that himself because the other guys have got the titles Dean lost again on Monday Night Raw and he just walked away up the ramp himself at the end of Raw I have a question for you I understand what you're saying is, is it's tragic it's hard to watch from a kayfabe point of view it's quite I've seen earlier it's it's quite emotionally mature storytelling for WWE all this the nuance that's going on right but do you think they're starting to properly align characters in the heel face thing so the question is do you think Dean was a bit of an asshole for what he did at the end of Raw no no where he walked away. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got the win. I I know, that, but clearly, bro, clearly Roman and Seth have got his back because they showed that in Saturday, two nights previous, two nights prior. But but it's like, hmm. right, let's look at the list, right? Say you're in a relationship. This is not a reflection on anyone, right? So no one read too much into this. You're in a relationship, male or female, whatever, right? You're in love with one another, but for one reason, one of you just seem to have some sort of trust issue. Now, either the woman or the the male have never given a partner any kind of reason for them not to be trustworthy, but yet you still have something in your mind that you feel like, no, they, they can't be trusted or they're cheating on me. And it's kind of like this. Like, deep down, you probably know, but there's just something niggling away in the back of your mind about it, that you're just, you're not 100%, you don't 100% trust them. But I don't think that Dean is... Is is Dean justified in the way he's acting? Because he's got, okay, he's got this self-doubt, but his, his brothers in arms don't feel the same way about him. But then you could flip that and say, why would Jews feel the need to stand in front of a national TV, in front of a live audience and say, we are like the workhorses or whatever in these or these show or as long as we've got these, whatever, and they've both raised the titles, both knowing that Dean doesn't have a title, Dean was stood there looking quite sheepish and they were like, why would you put me in that awkward position when you know I don't have a title to raise alongside the both of you's? Dean can just hit back and say, I beat you both in a triple threat. But that won't achieve anything but in his, in his current frame of mind. I know. But what what I'm trying to get at is, it's his frame of mind and it's not from a, an, on, an outsider looking in. It's not the right frame of mind that he's in. So I, I think he's acting immaturely. He may be acting immaturely, but like I say, once you've got something in your mind, it's difficult, regardless of how loyal someone's been to you, or is to you, 
to get that kind of out your out, out your head. Because he can always go back and and pick up on little things if he really wanted to. I see with the whole with Seth and Roman were posing with a, with a title. Um, like I say there's just little little things that you could look at. Um, but no, I don't. I think I'm not saying you can justify his actions, but I think you can justify it in the sense that mentally he's all over the place at the moment. He just doesn't know who to turn to or where he can go or what to do. And because of the doubt in his mind, that's that's um, making him, and that's making or forcing him or making him sorry make poor decisions by like I said maybe by walking away and, and maybe not believing it they, they, they've they've got his back because like I say once your mind is kind of all over the place and you're not thinking straight and you've got all these other thoughts going through your head it's difficult to sometimes get rid of them and like I say it leads you to making poor choices uh-huh. maybe that's not a good example of the topic I was wanting to talk about or maybe it's just too, no, I mean, like, I can, it's just too I can, early in this story I can understand where you're coming from and why people might think that. But like I said, I think you could just easily counter it by saying that when you've got people saying things in one ear and, and like I said, there's a couple of examples that he could point to, it does make him maybe maybe really wonder, like, do you really have a bag or am I the weak link or why am I involved in this stable or whatnot? Uh-huh. Well, how about then, in terms of characters being portrayed more effectively as either faces or heels what Becky Lynch has been doing now it's no secret to us that Becky Lynch is a heel because she might be justified in how she feels but she's not justified in how she's been acting but she won a match clean at Hell in a Cell however at Super Showdown she had to disqualify herself and she's basically starting to show cracks that maybe she can't beat Charlotte after all do you think this is they're going down the sort of Trick and shit heel with uh, with Becky now. Um, I don't want to commit too early because it's only been one match that we've done that. Because obviously the one last night they're both counted out. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens after the match where she walks away doesn't to me doesn't really matter because at the end of the day matches finish you like right. I've retained my title. I'm getting the hell out of here now. Mm-hmm. I've got nothing else to prove to you. Um, in terms of her character development, where she was in the aftermath of the match at SummerSlam to where we are now, it's been excellent. Um, she's been on fire. Um, for me, this is the most that people have genuinely seemed to care about Becky. Like, I think, I think a lot of people, for the most part, everyone did care about her, but I feel like people are a lot more vocal about it now. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's the difference. A lot of it says a lot of people cared. And a lot of people were clamouring for her to be given a title shot or a title reign, but they weren't as vocal as they are now. Right. Um, so for me, yeah, we're kind of justified in doing it because at the end of the day, like, we've got to see a different dimension of Becky. Um, it opens up further down the road a couple of different avenues um, for her character to go in different matches. Um like I say, I think the whole thing's going to end the evolution. I hope Becky retains. I expect Becky to retain, to be honest. Uh-huh. But yeah, like her character development, we've seen it, it's been, it's been excellent. Um, she's, 
uh, I've been on board with it. Like I say, remember the immediate aftermath, like the week after the podcast after the SummerSlam match, we say is give it a couple of months and then we'll decide how it's went and where we are with it. And Alex says, I'm fully on board with it. I think it's worked out excellent. I think it's been it's been superb the way she's done her mic work, her some of her antics during the matches and like kind of segments in it where she just turns up and starts beating up Charlotte. Um, overall, I think her character evolution has been has been pretty much perfect. That's fair enough. I'm starting to think that the idea I had in my head for this conversation isn't really that great. The only other one I've got so far is Bellas, right? People were already hating Bellas, and now that they've turned, it sort of makes sense. It's, it's something for them to hate now. So do you think that people, like, although I'm still not fully on board, do you think people are a bit more accepting of the Bellas on the card with their bad intentions clearly known? Um, um, no, 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 I don't, um, the thing is, like, Brie, people just don't like Brie, because she's just, she's flat out terrible in the ring, um, Nikki was absolutely shocking for a long, long time, and I mean, just absolutely pitiful, but she's gotten to the point where, Actually, I'm not ready to say she's great or anything, but she can put on solid matches, and I, I give her a lot of credit for that for for doing something that Brie couldn't do. And she, like, she's Nicky improved a lot. Um, for me, just because you turn someone heel, right, doesn't mean that your hatred for that person can now be justified. If you, if you understand, like, just because we're booing them, people didn't like them, or oh, well, now we'll turn them heel, that means it's fine. No, I don't agree. I think a lot of the thing that people didn't like about them towards Brie was that Brie wasn't that great in the ring. And I think a lot of people have got this an idea of what they think how Nikki got to where she is. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of not giving her the, the due and the respect she deserves for actually improving in the ring, which played a big part in her getting to where she was. And some people might want to point out who her boyfriend or who she's engaged to, etc. But might have helped or might people what not um, but no I'll give her credit for improving in the ring um, but no I, I, for me I wouldn't I wouldn't say I can now boo them or give us a reason to boo them because the way they're being booked and now they've been turned like I said I was just never a big fan of them in the first place and to me I don't think them coming back going to be a long term thing anyway I sincerely hope not mm-hmm. well how about this one then? that's what I think I think we'll put it we'll, we'll... sorry uh, the connection's a wee bit dodgy tonight folks apologies for any technical snafus that are going on but the last person I was going to bring up was Braun Strowman who's starting to basically be more of an arse towards Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre do you think that's him showing the selfish guy for who he really is that he just needed backup to deal with the Shields and now that he's fed up with them because they're not doing as he wants he's just um, being more of a heel if that makes sense Um, right 
to kind of steal a line from Kyle outside of what Braun done at um, WrestleMania. Braun's always been a bully and a bit of an arsehole. Mm-hmm. Like, Kyle's a believer in that. Like, yeah, he was portrayed as a babyface, but he literally bullied KO for months. Yes. It's um, just because people have been cheering him a lot, probably cheering him because he's against Roman Reigns. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And for me, a lot of his characteristics, characteristics, a lot of his... The only hasn't really changed. The only thing that I say that has changed is that he stopped sort of waving and pandering and high-fiving into the crowds and picking kids to be his tag team partner. But a lot of his characteristics and a lot of his mannerisms and a lot of the things that he went about, how he went about handling business hasn't changed. It's just now he's perceived to be a heel that we think he's now been this big, bad bully. But in the reality is, he's always been a bully. Uh-huh. Um, and yet, like I says, him now trying to get given sort of Ziggler some grief, etc., as just his bullying tendencies shown through once again. Yep, he's showing his true colours. Yep, and let's be honest about it, fucking... Braun, you're the fucking sidekick to Drew here. Drew's the fucking superstar out of that three. Really? Yes, really. Yes. Right. Do you you want want to know the difference, the main difference between Braun... And Drew, why I feel like that? Why? Because Drew is a fucking great wrestler. He is. He's good. Drew can be, for me, a lot of bronze matches can be kind of the same, and I give Braun a hell of a lot of uh, credit because for a guy his size, for his ability to do certain things, and what he can do is just frightening. But Drew can talk. Drew's got the look. Drew can wrestle. Drew. There's not that Can't much height difference. There isn't that much height difference between those two guys either. No, no, and Drew's a fucking monster. Um, for Drew, for me, Drew is a superstar of that group. He really is. He, for me, he will be a, a universal champion one day. Um, cannot wait to see him and Roman getting in a feud, or him and Seth being in a one-on-one feud, or even him and uh, Dean. But for me, it's Drew. Drew. Drew's. Drew's the superstar of those three. It does it should be said that the matches that Drew has had individually with members of the Shield have all been really good TV matches. And he's working NXT as well. Oh, is he still do? Oh, and his work. I thought you said he's yeah. working. No, yeah, his work in NXT before he got called up. Yeah. Um, I still remember he cut a very, very, very passionate babyface promo in the lead up to the Bobby Roode match on mm-hmm. NXT TV. NXT TV. Um, so he can do, he can work on both sides of the coin, definitely. Yep, yep. He's the chosen one after all, isn't he? He is the chosen one, and I'm not saying he's a superstar or anything just because he's Scottish. <laughs> or that he kind of grew up just about like four but like I say, I think you just, for, I think a lot of people would probably agree with that statement if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. He has his detractors though. People find him a bit Oh, no, he does. A lot of people have detractors and a lot of people find issues in people that aren't really there. That's fair enough. You don't care about the detractors of Drew McIntyre, do you? No, I mean, I don't really give a fuck if someone hates someone I like. Roman Reigns, perhaps? 
Roman, Natalia, Bray, Rusev. Oh, did you hear about Bray? Bray is teaming teaming back up with Eric. <laughs> He's teaming back up with Eric Rowan and Luke Harper. But they're changing their, right. they're changing their look a wee bit. So Bray is going to shave one half of his hair, one half of the side of his head. Um Eric Rowan is going to have a, a blue tongue and Luke Harper's going to sort of just remain that sort of backwards body body weight workout person and be the workhorse and they're going to be called the Wyatt Squad That's terrible Isn't it? Isn't it just really bad? It is really bad It is really bad I have no words for that That's like brought brought me to a complete halt here We'll just end the show Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to add on today. Super showdown. No, like overall, I felt. Do you know what? I thought it was a, it was a decent show. To be honest, I didn't mind it so much. Um, I think Palix, I went into it thinking it's like it's just a glorified house show, so I wasn't expecting too much, and I wasn't going to get hung up on certain things. But would you know, in fact, you know what rivals the two hundred five match was. The beginning to of AJ versus Joe. When Joe never even hit the ring and AJ's music went, he turned round and he's just stood there and AJ stood there and. Yes. And and, and as it was happening, I was saying, please take your title off and just drop it. Like, do you remember? Now, I can't remember the exact show, but it was um, Shawn Michaels Mm. Michaels versus Diesel. Right. It was. It was it was personal, and you just saw it. Shawn Michaels walking towards the ring, and he just starts taking, takes his top off, takes the title off, just drops it all on the floor, and just straight into the ring. And I absolutely loved that AJ just took his top off and then just dropped the title on the floor and just went oh. running at Joe. It was the same um, as uh, The Rock versus Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam 02. Yep. I can't. What match was that between Shawn Michaels and AJ in HBK? I want to say it was maybe in, in your house. Um, Maybe it was a, a wig on a pole match. Jesus. It was in your house. Aye, it will have been. 96, no holes barred. Um, um, and then I think that was a match where Diesel used the camera. Was it a December one, per, per chance? Um, I'm not sure. It just says, in your house, 7, 1996. No doubt somebody will tell us later on uh-huh. when it was. Um but yeah, that was that. Just it reminded me of that so much, and it just felt like right. It made so much sense because of how personal the feud is. Uh-huh. It was excellent, a real hard hitting match. Um, I know a lot of people wanted Joe to win. I would have liked Joe to win as well, but for me, I, I just need Miz to get that title ASAP. Um, but yeah, man, that was a real good match, and it was a real good feud to be honest as well. The the coquina clutch suplex was outstanding. Mm-hmm. I really it wanted was. to see him incorporate that move regularly into his arsenal. It was excellent. It was. It was just. It was a real good match. Really hard hitting. Uh-huh. It just um, quite sudden. 
I'd, I would have expected, considering how hell-bent Joe was on taking the title from AJ, that he would have hung in there a bit longer than he did. Mm. It just seemed... And I also saw someone note, I don't know where I saw this, so I can't even give credit to the person that said this, that it was it was AJ, was it not, but it was using like chairs and other stuff, and Joe was just just wanting to beat the hell out of him in the ring, and Joe didn't resort to using any any chairs or tables or anything like that. I know there was that one table spot, but I think someone says that Joe didn't use any kind of foreign object because he kind of, the kind of story went in it was that he was hell-bent on beating AJ and showing that he's better than him and he's already beaten him, he's going to do it again. He doesn't need any any foreign object to help. Uh-huh. I hadn't noticed and that. Says, I can't, off the top of my head, I can't remember if, actually, if that's true or not, but if that's true, you know, tip my hat off to whoever, whoever said that. And that says, I can't remember where I saw that. So, thumbs up, down, or in the middle for Super Showdown? Ah, oh, like, after I said, I thought it was a fun little show. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to say fun little show, like... like a fun being, super show? It was, it was a good show. I thought it was a good show. And I'm not entirely sure, to be honest, how I feel about the, the 10 a.m. start. <laughs> um, well, we can't once, exactly once, once, it, once it had finished, I kind of felt like, shouldn't we be going to bed, or... Why am I sitting eating breakfast while I'm watching a, a wrestling pay per view? Um, it was kind of strange, but at the same time, because you know, we've got kids Saturday morning, it's not like we can't exactly sit there glued to the TV for four straight hours and, you know, exactly. we get peace and quiet. So The way I see it is, we can't really complain when we've got a, a show that suits our time zone. No, actually, I'm not complaining at all. It's just like I say, it's just. I had to go back and rewatch the entire thing because even though I had it on, it was still being a case of running around and looking after kids and playing with them and, and getting them fed, etc. So mm-hmm. I had to go back and watch it once, obviously, they were sleeping. But, yeah, bring on more shows at that time. Well, there were a few things that bothered me from it, but from a personal standpoint, seeing Buddy Murphy win the title, that was a big, a big plus and it made the show a plus for me. I'm just dreading seeing what's going to happen in 205 Live tonight, if it's if it's bad news for Buddy, old Buddy boy. I mean, like I said, I could tell you right now. No, don't, please don't. I'm not going to. That would be unfair of you. Yeah, it would be unfair, it would be unfair. I'm not going to tell you anything. Like I said, I, I'm not even entirely sure what the spoiler is. Like, I saw something and I don't know if it's that. But, like I said, I've, I've saw a couple of things, so I'm not entirely sure what in reference that you may know or may not know, so I won't, I won't say anything. Okay. Well, the last couple of weeks have been all about sort of Super Showdown and other things, but what we haven't really touched on on this show is the Rusev Day, Lana, Aiden Day carry-on that's going on at the moment. Aiden mm-hmm. English has been outed as a liar and a cheat. Just like his father-in-law. Aww. Um. Do you care much about this feud? Not really. I always care about any feud that Rusev's in, and I says I'm. Yeah, no, I do. I do. I think it's. It's not so much that I'm. I'm heavily invested in it. It's just because Rusev's in it. Um, look forward to the match they're going to have and then we'll just take it from there. 
Because I know, I know Kyle's a big fan of Aiden. Mm-hmm. Aiden is good. It's just yes. with Survivor Series, um, Crown Jewel, I don't see them getting a pay per view match out of this anytime soon. Well, they might get it at Crown Jewel. Or they might get it at like, one of these Smackdowns that they might try and beef up because there might be too much of a gap between pay per views. Smackdown one, th- Smackdown one K. Maybe next week. Could be, but unlikely because I think there's going to be quite a few returns and a lot of those things will take place there. As long as it's not as bad as Raw twenty five, I don't mind. No, because I think what we're going to get next week, Evolution Edge, is Taker. Ed, is Edge going to be there? Mhm. Oh well, I'll take back everything I said about part timers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Taker's going to be there Ray returns Ray versus Nakamura's going to be good so it would have been better in the Tokyo Dome though let's be honest uh, <laughs> fucking melts up <laughs> did you <laughs> did you enjoy Kurt Angle his um, appearance on Monday night oh god he looked so fucking hell. What was that dance all about? I have no idea. Like, you, you kind of knew quite early on who it was, just from his stance and his physique, etc. Ah, uh, his, um, um, his trunk. No. Um, uh, uh, it was... Uh, it was funny. It was funny about Fenton. Um, uh, yeah. We're running out. Yeah, of I don't have. I don't. I genuinely don't have much to say about that part. Um, and obviously, like it says with DX opening the show as well. Oh. And I know Rance is all in on that. Fair enough, but I'm not that bothered to be honest with you. Neither am I. Like I say, I just I don't need to see it. I don't need to see it, and I think we kind of need to address what the fuck Kane was doing at ringside and and Super Showdown, or what he wasn't doing. Maybe he was actually there to form. <laughs> Go and see it. Just some sort of trade deal for Knox County. <laughs> he might have been. He was the worst backup ever. Just over there trying to export some of those excellent fresh produce that Australia grows. Oh, there, yeah. there is a joke. Oh, there's a joke brewing here. Let's move on. Oh, it's, I'm nearly there. Hold on. Um, it's to do, it's Australia themed as well. If you're going to offend, are you not going to offend Sir Sam here, are you? I shouldn't think so. Shout out to Sir Sam, <laughs> just in case I do. What do what do DX and uh, a shit covered boomerang have in common? A what covered boomerang? Shit covered. I don't know. They always come back and hit you in the face when you don't want them to. That's awful. <laughs> that was that was shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, before we go into the quiz, have you been watching the mixed match challenge? No. Cool. Next question. Have you been watching the May Young Classic? No, because I, I, I've avoided spoilers. Right. And my plan 
is to watch it all like in a week building up to Evolution because the finals taking place. Um, now, granted, one or two things have been spoiled for me, but I've, for the most part, I've kind of managed to avoid it because, like I said, I just wanted to watch it all in a week building up to Evolution because obviously the finals going to be at Evolution. Well, I have been following it. Um, first of all, the next match challenge. Sorry, I've just not got any time for that. As far as I'm aware, if there's going to be a tag match where people can't actually physically interact with one another, then what's the point in having the match? If you're going what do you to, mean? Like, it's intergender wrestling, but they're not actually wrestling the other gender. Oh, uh, so it's just men or men, women or women? That's right. what they've done last year. I know, I didn't watch it last year either, or earlier on in the year. But the May Young Classic, the first four episodes were alright. That was just one of those showcasing rounds where you saw who all the stars were going to be. Um, last week's episode was really good has to be said, a couple of standout matches um, I understand she's a legend but I've never really been exposed to Miko Satomura Satum, Satomura pardon the terrible pronunciation of the surname wow, wowza, what a wrestler she is her legs are lethal weapons, wait until you see this lady in action frightening offence yeah, let's say I'm um, I'm planning to watch it all in what it's next week in a build up to Evolution. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. And speaking of Evolution, yes, we'll obviously touch on it closer to the time. I know a lot of people are shitting on it at the moment, but I mean, you've got off the top of my head potentially four pretty good matches. You, know, you get Ronda versus Nikki Bella. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm not a fan of Nikki Bella or anything, but if they if they do go down the route where they're going to let Nikki get some offence in, like they can still put on a good match. Nikki is competent enough to do that. Ronda as well. We know how much I love her. Sasha, Sasha Charlotte versus uh, Becky Lynch. Um, Shayna Baszler getting a rematch and the final of the May Young Classic. And maybe the NXT UK as well? Yeah, maybe. I don't know if it's anything that's been announced. Well, I think they've... I don't know what's going on with these tapings. Hmm. So, let's see, there's certainly three good matches anyway, and I know a lot of people have been shitting on the tag match that was just announced there on Monday. Later, Trish Stratus Stratus versus... uh, Mickey James and Alexa Bliss. Well, there are theories going about that apparently they've just changed their mind and they were false advertising and whatnot, and they were always going to change it back to it was always going to be a tag match and it wasn't going to be Alexa Bliss versus Trish, but who knows what to think. What about the rumour that Alexa Bliss was suffering from a career ending injury? And that's the other thing. Again. I think the problem, and I think that they could be looking at it in the sense that how much can we trust Trish and especially Lita? Because last time we kind of saw Lita in the wrestling ring, like you know, she damn nearly died in the Royal Rumble. Um, Lita, aye. So, and they might be thinking that like, how much can we really trust it to put on a good match or be safe? So, if we put them in a tag match, they can, like I say, is we could always have like the heels doing the majority of the work, etc., etc., and, and the baby faces can come back and get the win, where they don't need to 
be doing too much, taking too much risk or doing too much harm to themselves. And that kind of makes sense, and then that frees up another potential match for other people to go on the card. Uh-huh. And it's not too far away from what I had sort of jokingly predicted when we did one of the, the Super 5 shows with the Outsider's Edge, where it would be Trish... Bring the, Carl back. Uh, bring, hashtag bring Carl back. Um, it would be a a tag match between Trish and Mickey James versus the Iconics. So all mm. the Iconics, as far as I'm aware, are not involved, but they got a nice wee win Saturday night there. They've had their, their spotlight. <clears throat> um it's not as bad as single matches. It's going to be a tag match that protects three or four of the people involved in that match. <laughs> but there is enough on there to get me excited. As you said, SmackDown Women's Championship match, NXT Women's Championship, the May Young Finals, possibly NXT UK. So there's enough there for me to be excited about. Yep. So whoever sent out the rumoured card... Stop sending out false information, please. Oh, just stop talking shit. Fucking idiots. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about? <clears throat> no, I think we covered everything we want to kind of cover. Um, all those being kind of PG from you tonight, is that probably because your mother in law sitting in the same room as you, so you're being a bit of a. You want to come across like a good son-in-law, so you're not swearing or anything like that. I don't need to try to, <coughs> to be a, a good one of them. A good son-in-law. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, this is true. The, the current and the current positioning is true. What you've just said. Uh, and, and the reason why he's not saying the mother-in-law or the son-in-law is because his mother-in-law is within earshot and she can hear him, and she'll know we're talking about her. It's not speaking in a negative manner at all. Not at all. I just don't want to bring attention to the fact that I, I swear more. Yep, shout out to all the mother-in-laws out there. <laughs> not mothers, no. I would, mothers are potential. Mothers will be mother-in-laws as well, or at one point, hopefully, who knows. Shout out to all the mothers. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Rob Ropey, who on Twitter put up a picture of him purchasing my wife's book. Shout uh, out to you. Yep. Um, he is supporting the hashtag podcasting house husband dream. Supporting my dream. And as I said in the same tweet to him, that he made me look like an absolute shit friend because oh, I knew that we've already. Known each other, you know, we've known each other for nearly 10 years and, you know, seen each other's kids, etc. And I've not bought, uh, bought the book. But as I say, it's like to quote Brock Lesnar, I don't give a fuck about your fucking dreams. <laughs> uh, to quote... Um, no, I kid, I kid, I kid. I wish you and your family all the best. All, all the best in our future endeavours. <laughs> right, let's quiz it. Well, you can quiz me. I will, and I'll... Produce a better quiz than those fucking idiots over at World Culture Dild. What culture did? That is easy for you to say. Now, I do have something of an apology to make towards the quiz master of that specific quiz last week because one of the ones that I was infuriatingly told I was wrong about was that there are five titles in NXT. Now, technically, you have the UK title. Okay. 
But is that really an N- is that really an NXT title, Ricky? I would say it is. <sighs> Thanks. Thanks. Is it, not, is it not? Is it not called the NXT UK title? No. Just the UK Championship. Well, I suppose you could argue one way, one way or another. Then, but uh, it kind of falls under the NXT umbrella. And I got Bailey's tribute attire wrong because it was Dusty Spring. Dusty Springfield. Almost she came out in the polka dots. Aye, I, uh, I think yeah. I'd say that it was Macho Man or something. But Dusty, mm. Dusty Rhodes wasn't even in the multiple choice for what I had. And yes, Finn Balor. So I got a couple of them wrong on technicalities. Well, that's not a technicality when you're not even included the actual answer in the multiple choice. Mm-hmm. Then, fucking idiot. Hey, can I splice in the tune now? Can you? Do you want to do it live? Just, you know, just as a something different? Absolutely not. Oh, come on. It's Give me mother-in-law a wee chuckle. It's not how... <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> on you go. I wouldn't even sing that song in front of my wife, never mind my wife's dear mother. Right, <laughs> hey, stop talking so I can splice in the music. No, you won't hear what it is, no. <laughs> I brought back in for a, a little fourth wall break in there. Um, I had a... A pretend argument. It wasn't even an argument. My wife wanted to hear the quiz song, the quiz song, and I said, "No, you'll not hear it." And then she said, "And I said, you'll have to listen to the podcast if you want to hear it." And my wife said, "You won't let me listen to it because I swear in it all the time." And I thought, "Yeah, but you're in the room next to me anyway when I swear anyway." <laughs> oh, um, I don't want like. I won't. I won't mention names or anything like that. But I saw saw your wife's tweet is, earlier on. This is this has been recorded. I saw. I'm sorry. I'm saying I saw your wife's tweet earlier on this morning, and it was the cutest thing I've read ever. Right. You can just ask about it later on. All right. Okay. When she when when she when she was doing a school run. Right. Okay. I will do. Did you did you not see it? No, it was it was the cutest no. thing ever. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, right, where am I going to splice in this bloody song? Hold on a minute. 1-14-07-08-09. Right, okay. It's fucking quiz time! With Ricky and Clive and friends! A fucking WWE quiz! Right, Ricky. How more? How better of a quizmaster are you than Mister Rock Culture? Go for it. What's the theme? Um, it is a Who Am I? Oh, excellent! And I'm automatically better because not everything that comes out of my mouth is just a top ten article. <laughs> top ten reasons why our quiz segments are better than Walk Cultures. Yes. Top ten reasons why Walk Culture is not even a wrestling website. Oh, the burial continues. Right, here we go. I am a six-time WWF champion. WWF? Did you say that? Yes. On purpose? Yes. Okay. I was hoping you wouldn't pick up on that. I am a member of the Hall of Fame. Okay. My match in 1997... WrestleMania was voted PWI Match of the Year. Um, 
I don't need to do a buzzer because it's just me. <laughs> Is it <laughs> Steve Austin? Correct. The next clue was one time uh, I won King of the Ring and the fifth, I was hoping you'd have got it by now, would have been three-time Rumble winner. Right. Okay. Number two. I am a two-time European champion. Love that title. <laughs> it was a beautiful title. A two-time light heavyweight champion. Oh. A one-time cruiserweight champion. A four-time tag team champion. Oh, I'm going to go for a random one here. Right, it... Have you still got the fifth one? Give me it then. I returned to the WWE or WWF, whatever it was, the night after WrestleMania. Sean, Sean Waltman. Correct. Here we go. I am a winner of the King of the Ring. I am a five-time hardcore champion. Okay. A two-time intercontinental champion. A four-time European champion. King of the Ring. All those champions. Would you like your fifth and final clue? Yes, please. I am a current on-screen character on a WWE program. Oh, Curtis Axel. (laughs) (laughs) No. Curtis Axel. (laughs) No, not him. There's quite a lot of cuts going on, isn't there? Cut Hawkins, Curtis Axel, Cut Angle. Cut Cobain. Rest in peace. Cut Angle. (laughs) Cut Angel. <laughs> the conquistador. Is that your answer? Uh huh. No. Oh right, okay. Um, I don't know then. Is it Kurt did Hawkins? Kurt ever, did Kurt ever win? Kurt King of the Ring. Oh, Ricky, Ricardo. Ah oh, shit! Right, well, he would never have won the fucking European Championship. It did win the certainly European not Championship. Four, certainly, not, certainly not four times though. That's true, but he was a Euro Intercontinental Champion. He was a unified. He was he held both. No, I know, I know. But five-time Hardcore Champ. Um, European. <clears throat> Is it Crash Holly? A current on-screen character. <laughs> Crash <laughs> is no longer with us. <laughs> uh, now you tell me that he's no longer with us. Oh, that was devastating when I found that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh. A big hard pass from me. Uh, how did I still don't know how I didn't know he was dead? And Jeremy and Josh come on and just absolutely destroy me. Bust my bubble. That is right. Just think about it. He's an on-screen character on a WWE program. <laughs> Hardcore. Is it Christian? No, it's not. An on-screen character. <laughs> Aye. 
It could be the Adrian Christian show. No, right, well, right. He's an on-screen character on one of the weekly programmes. And he was around in the Attitude Era. Yep. King of the Ring winner. Yep. Was it Paul Levesque? He's a five-time hardcore champ. Oh, just going to please accept that I've passed. He's from Blackpool. Oh, aye, that guy, William Regal. <laughs> I thought you'd have got it. I intentionally said WWE programming because I didn't want to just say NXT because it would have been too obvious. Do you know what? They missed out on a trick when William Regal won King of the Ring. They could have called him King Billy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, God. The, our American listeners in South Sam won't get that at all. No. But Mags and Bags, our good friend, they'll all get it. Right. Jesus. Let's move on quickly. Okay. Right. I am a two-time tag team champion. My main roster debut was in 2010. All right. I re-debuted on the main roster again. I made my return in 2012. Oh. A third generation superstar. Oh. Do you want a fifth and final clue? Yes, please. I think I know who it is. A one time WWE champion. Bray Wyatt. Correct. I think it was 2013 he re debuted. I thought it was 2012. It was like July 2012. No, it was after. It was after the shield. Was it not? Was it NXT then? It went came oh, in July. I, that's true. Yes. Uh, would have been uh, July, okay? Because uh, I remember those early vignettes they used to put on Raw and some of his early promos at Kane. They oh. were terrifying. Right here we go. <clears throat> I am a 14-time hardcore champion. See you in this hardcore title. Wait, is it... Uh, well, it's the greatest title in pro wrestling history. We need to do a special one that one one day. We do. To be honest, right, I'll, I'll, I will actually admit, the hardcore title itself isn't the greatest title in wrestling history. It was just that 24-7 rule. That's the greatest thing that's ever happened in professional wrestling. But do you not remember when Undertaker was the hardcore champ? Yeah, but that I'm saying no, twenty four seven thing is what really made it. True. Right. <laughs> I am a one time WWE ECW champion. Oh god. I am a three time ECW tag team champion. Hmm. A one-time ECW champion. As in the original incarnation of ECW? Yes. Right, okay, so that narrows it down considerably. Can I have four guesses, please? (laughs) (laughs) I made my WWE debut during the invasion angle. Thomas Dreamer. Correct. Yes. 
I only have five for tonight. But I actually got you a wee bonus one here. Okay. I want you to name an order from the first title holder to now the NXT Women Championship. Oh. Right? But, but, and I'll tell you this, it has been vacated twice. I want you to put that in, in the order as well, please. My word. Right. First to last? Yes. And the vacated bits have also got to be in it. Oh, dear God. I'll get this do, wrong. Do you, do you understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. Page. Mm-hmm. Vacated. Mm-hmm. Natalia. Charlotte. Sasha, Bailey, Asuka, Vacated, Ember, Sheena, Kyrie Sane. How did I do? Who did you say after after the Vacated? After who? Which Vacating? Uh, Paige. I said Natalia. She's won NXT title for? Well, obviously not, if that's not in your answer. No, she, Charlotte beat her. For the vacated and, title? Yeah, for the vacated one. I think it was like in a... They had like some sort of tournament, remember? So other than that, it was alright. Sasha Bailey, Asuka vacated. Ember, Shayna. I did not bad there, actually, didn't I? <laughs> Mm. Like when I was type when I was writing it out, like I was kind of surprised that no one's won it more than once. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we had like Joe Finn, Joe Finn, and we had Naka, Joe, whatever, or Naka Rude even. I was quite surprised. But yeah, that was that was the quiz for tonight. Thank you. I thought. In comparison to the what culture one, which one was better? Uh, this one, obviously. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you should get a job at Walt Culture. Who? You. Uh, well, it- my first article would be top 10 reasons not to read this website anymore. <laughs> oh my God almighty. Right. Anything you want to plug? Any people you want to plug? Certainly not Walt Culture. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Um, no, I'll leave it all to you. Okay, uh, right, so this has been the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, alongside other shows such as Outsider's Edge, <clears throat> Grown Men Watch This Shit, Keeping It Strong Style, and One Nation Radio. Uh, please rate and review the podcast on the app of your choosing with a nice big fat five stars. You can get the podcasts and the columns that um, some of us do, covering 205 Live, NXT, and a bunch of other sort of uh, more niche interviews with other wrestlers and stuff like that on socialsuplex.com. And if you press the subscribe button, you can get those sent direct to your email. We are at Ricky and Clive on Twitter and Facebook, and the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group is where you can find us all talking about all things wrestling. I'm doing another column series at the moment where I'm looking at the top 10 cruisers. And in, in preparation for the 100th of our episode of 205 Live, uh, 
because I will be on the Perfect 10, as far as I'm aware, I'll be on the Perfect 10 wrestling show tomorrow on Lords of Pain, talking mostly about 205 Live and the, the joyous moment of Buddy Murphy winning. This week's column might be delayed by a day or so, but plenty of content coming out for myself. I think I covered everything there, did I? I believe so. Um, before we go, I've got even more breaking news for you. God. Uh, Matt, go on. Matt Osborne. Do you know who Matt Osborne is? Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell everyone who Matt Osborne is? No, you can tell us. Right, so Doink the Clown, okay. He played Doink the Clown in the 90s, early 2000s. He's dead now. Um, his family are looking for damages from WWE because he was basically treated like a jobber towards the end of his run in WWE and then just showing the door. So his family are suing WWE for funfair dismissal. <laughs> oh, no. No. <laughs> Jeez. Oh... I wonder, I wonder which joke people will find the funniest today. Well, I personally found that one hilarious. I'm not going to take credit for the punchline. I heard it earlier in another joke, but my word. Because you had that one, and then I had the, the firearm one, <laughs> and then you also you opened the show with a joke. Uh, so, I've not got any more. If you want, if you want, I could tell a joke. Right, go for it. One more. Uh, did, I, I, did I tell the bus one? The bus one earlier on? Uh, you told me, but tell her, tell her <laughs> um, very thankful <laughs> listeners. So, folks, I just got home from a night out, quite drunk, and I just says to the wife that I almost got into a fight on a bus. So I got onto the bus, and like I said, I've been out all night, and I've been drinking, sit down in a seat, and... The bus is empty, so this guy comes up to me and says, you're in my seat, get up. And I was like, I was first, you know, look all around you, there's seats at the front, there's seats at the back, there's seats next to me, like, I'd, why would I move? So, like you say, we kind of started shouting at each other, and then we came very close to getting into a punch-up. And then I says to the guy, I was like, right, well, I'll move, but you'll need to drive the bus. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Hack. <laughs> Hack who? There you go. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> right, that's us. Let's go. Night, night. Uh, Speak right. to you next week. Take care, folks. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at bet mgm 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.